Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. Demon possession. Now there's a topic to grab your attention. Is it possible for the devil, that old serpent as the Bible describes him, to take complete control of you? And if that happens, what happens? And more to the point, is there hope? Dr. Jennings joins us today via Skype. Dr. Jennings' scenes from the movie The Exorcist spring to mind whenever I hear the words demon possession. What do we need to know about it? Well, first off, I would tell you not to look to Hollywood. That would be the first thing to do. In studying both the human mind and scripture, I can tell you first what demon possession is not. Mm -hmm. It is not intracellular occupation of the human body. In other words, another being does not occupy the same space and space-time as your physical body is. Okay. Uh, In demon possession, we're talking about control of one's mind, influencing, directing, or overriding one's faculties. You might consider it like hacking a computer. That's what we're really talking about. Another intelligence influencing your thought patterns and processing. When this intelligence wants to possess you, how do we know it's wanting to possess you? Is there any kind of signal? I want to make a distinction between genuine demon possession and mental illnesses Mm. in which people have hallucinations or delusions and hear voices. There are mental illnesses out there, and those are organic physiological problems. We're not talking about those things. We're talking about actual another intelligent entity influencing your thought patterns. And to understand that and how this can be possible, modern brain science gives us a little insight into this. And I want to tell little people about their brain. Mm -hmm. Our brains are amazing quantum computers composed of 100 billion neurons with more than a trillion supporting cells, and each neuron can have up to 10,000 connections to other neurons, which is 40 quadrillion interconnections. That's a number we can't even understand. And these 40 quadrillion interconnections in our brain are comprised primarily of dendrites. Each neuron can have up to 10 million microtubules. And each microtubule is made up of billions of tubulin molecules, which in turn are composed of 445 amino acids, which have electrons that circle around them. Mm -hmm. So within these quadrillion of dendrites with millions of microtubules and billions of tubulin molecules made up of individual atoms, there are electron clouds that are shared. And these electrons exist in a position of uncertainty until you think until you come to a conclusion, until you form a belief or a, accept a truth or a lie. Mm-hmm. And your act of choosing to believe this or to believe that causes electron clouds to make confirmation changes in the dendrites collapsing and forming memories, beliefs. And this solidifies these attitudes, beliefs, perspectives into our brain. Your beliefs and memories are stored in the brain in these tubulin structures and until something happens to cause you to re-examine and reevaluate your beliefs and come to a new conclusion. Now, this is very important. This connects to what the Bible calls the law of worship. By beholding, we become changed or psychiatry and psychology modeling. We actually neurobiologically and characterologically become like what we spend time thinking about, worshiping, modeling, and so forth. So... If we spend time watching vulgar, exploitive, debasing, cruel, selfish, deceitful, or otherwise ungodly things, we are gradually changed. Our neural networks rewire. Our quantum matrix is realigned to come more and more in harmony with that which is evil, that which is demonic. 
And as we come more in harmony with the demonic, our minds become more tuned, more sensitive, more capable of resonating, responding, and being influenced by the demonic. If we persist in going down these patterns of thinking over time, we can become tuned into the demonic that our minds begin operating on the same quantum frequencies as evil angels, giving them greater influence in our minds, ranging from mere temptation to demonic harassment all the way to overriding our own thinking, which is demonic possession. And so metaphorically, you can consider this like radio stations broadcasting on the same frequency, one with a weak 25,000 watts signal and another with a 100,000 watts signal in the same area, and the more powerful signal overrides the weak signal. And that is really, resonance-wise, what's probably happening with demon possession. So you're saying that through all of this stuff that we see on television or hear on the radio or in songs, Satan is sort of preparing the road for himself to get in access to our hearts and minds. Am I right? That is exactly what I'm saying. And this is where Satan is the father of lies. As he gets us to believe lies are value destructive or debasing things, it has a physiological effect on our brains, which move us uh, more and more in harmony with how he operates and resonates. Whereas the truth will set you free, Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit or Spirit of Truth, as we reject lies and embrace truth and embrace the healthy, then our neurobiology and our, and our minds change and resonate more in harmony with God. So where do you put the beginning of demon possession? Do you put it at when, when, you, when you give in and you start watching something awful on television or when the devil actually uses the road and enters your mind? I don't think just watching is the beginning of demon possession, no. You could watch something like that, and I remember one time being at a friend's house as an adolescent, mm-hmm. and they had a horror movie on, yeah. and I saw much of it, but the whole time I'm going, this is, I hate this, this is disgusting, mm-hmm. I, I, I did not like it. It was like, I want to get out of here, okay? So I saw it, but it was all repulsed by me. Mm. So just seeing it, it's really your attitude and response. So I didn't accept it. I didn't allow that in. But how about if I see it and I go, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's neat. Oh, I like that. And we partake in it. You see, there's a difference just seeing it versus partaking in it. Now, they've actually done studies with humans in which they've put them in Faraday cages. Faraday cages are, are like a mesh cage made out of a wire that blocks all uh, radio signals and and microwave signals and and anything like that to get in and out. So they're isolated in this cage, so there can't be any electromagnetic signals passing through. And they had two individuals in a cage like that meditate together for a while to try to bring their minds into into harmony with each other. Mm -hmm. And then they separated them and put them in different rooms, both in their own Faraday cages where they couldn't see each other, And then they shined a light in the eyes of one of the individuals while they were measuring their brain waves, their EEG waves. And when you do that, you can see the activity in the brain patterns while you're shining this light in. And the other person who had meditated with them in a different room, their EEG patterns changed at the same time the light was shined in the other person's eyes, no light being shined in their eyes. Control group that they were monitoring did not have the EEG changes happen in their minds. So this is showing how two separate intelligent beings can bring their minds into and their brains into a certain harmony where separated by Faraday cages, they can still, through quantum connections, influence each other's thought patterns or, or, or brainwaves. My, Dr. Jennings, that verse in the Bible that says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, does that connect to that? 
That's exactly what we're talking about. So this gives greater importance when the Bible says, fix your eyes on Christ, or to focus on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is praiseworthy, think on such things. Because as we do that, we actually come, as we come to love them and focus on them and choose them, we actually make different resonance patterns or, or confirmation patterns in our brain, which become more in harmony on a quantum level with God and the Holy Spirit. So this is how truth heals and truth sets free, and the Holy Spirit is working to bring us to love these things and hate the things of the world. So let me give you a metaphor of being indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Consider a computer which has antivirus software. The antivirus software does not overrule the processing or operations of the computer or, in this metaphor, your decisions or actions – Rather, it's in the background constantly monitoring for malicious code, alerting you to if something is harmful or something is potentially destructive, bringing it to your attention so you can reject it and get it out of your system. But if you and your computer, after it alerts you to potential bad code, you override the antivirus software and let the code take root and participate in your system, it may grow so strongly that it actually destroys the antivirus software. Mm -hmm. And so – this is a metaphor of the Holy Spirit. It's, it doesn't take control of us. It doesn't make decisions for us. But the Holy Spirit is working in those who allow him to alert us to malicious or destructive or unhealthy choices, actions, beliefs, attitudes, so that we can reject them and eliminate them. But we have the ability to overrule the impressions of the Holy Spirit and choose to partake of the evil. And if we continue to do that over time, eventually we harden the heart and are no longer sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And then we become more and more in harmony with the evil or the demonic, and we become more under their influence. So as I present this, are you seeing how this is actually part of the real world that God constructed, the real universe. This isn't magic. It's not mystical. It is actually part of the way God designed life and reality to work on a quantum level, which is which is those resonance or vibration patterns that God has built into all of nature. When we say, Dr. Jennings, hey, I can handle this. I can handle that scary movie, that, uh, that horror movie. I can handle this sin. I can handle seeing all these things. Are we saying that because we haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to take root in our hearts yet? Or is the Holy Spirit trying to overcome the fact that we're saying that? Is, what's, what's going on there? So th- this is a great question because what you just did and the way you stated that, you put I in the center. Yeah. And part of the demonic is me first, mm-hmm. I first, self-centeredness, selfishness. Mm-hmm. That's part of the demonic. And so when we, when we say, I can handle it, me first, I'm in charge, then we're actually saying I'm not surrendering to the Holy Spirit. We're raising self up in an arrogant, prideful way. And that is part of the, the system or method or beliefs or motives of the evil or the demonic. The Holy Spirit or the godly are, is I surrender all, and it is through God's power and God's grace that we are able to make choices to live in harmony. So we're not saying I can do it. It's through God's grace I can do it. There really is a partnership going here, isn't there? That's exactly right. And this is where people, you know, and, and so people who who may have made decisions to to watch some of this unhealthy stuff, and it could be pornography, yeah. it could be, you know, horror movies, it could be just, you know, hateful things or murderous things or or so forth, or even things that cause division for us to hate, prejudices, biases in society, movies that uh, vilify other, other cultures and so forth. All of these divisive things that build us to hate or demean 
or devalue any other human being is part of Satan's goal, and it leads us to hold in our hearts motives that are contrary to God's kingdom. So the Holy Spirit will bring attention to that to us, and then we go, Lord, I don't have the power to change my heart, but I don't want that in me anymore. I surrender to you, and the Holy Spirit will come and drive out that evil. And the Holy Spirit can drive and put a hedge of protection around anybody instantly, no matter how far down that trail they've gone. If you see the the Bible stories of the demoniacs, and Jesus cast them out immediately. But what did those demoniacs want to do afterwards? They wanted to spend time and focus on Jesus. He was their center after that. Mm. that, I want to ask you that. Uh, We now know the problem. We now know where it's coming from. Where should we look instead? Give us some practical places that we can put our eyes and our ears and our thoughts when we try to fight against this evil. Number one would be Scripture, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, going to God's Word and reaching out to the God who is like Jesus in character. There are many Mm -hmm. false gods in the world. There are actually false gods in Christianity. Paul warned about angels of light coming to try to deceive. And so the goal when you're coming to God is to go to Jesus and view him and put him at the center, and you will discover his attributes, his characters are exactly contrary to the character of Satan. All through the scripture, there's this contrast between the distortions of people believe about God and the truth that God is trying to lead them to. All through the Old Testament, he's sending his prophets and his spokesmen to say God is not like this. Elijah said, if God is like this, worship him. If God is like this, worship him. Joshua made them make a choice, and so on and so on and so on. So there's this contrast constantly being put forth in Scripture, and we're still in the middle of that battle today. And I am so thankful, as you point out often, not only on this radio program, but in your many books, that we do have a standard. We do have a filter. We do have a pair of glasses that we can put on our eyes, and we can look at things through that lens of Jesus, and it changes everything. Wow. Comeandreason.com is the website. You'll find books like Could It Be This Simple, The God-Shaped Brain, The Aging Brain. That's at comeandreason.com. Thank you, Dr. Jennings, for being with us today. Appreciate that. And until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. (music) 